Good afternoon, and welcome back to the Rothko Chapel and our monthly virtual series, Contemplation and Sound. For those of you who are joining for the first time, my name is Ashley Clemmer. I'm the Director of Programs and Community Engagement. And this is the 10th in a 12-part series that we're offering every month, the first Wednesday at 12 o'clock Central, exploring the role that sounds and music and how these practices can help to sustain us during challenging times. If you've not yet been to the Rothko Chapel or viewed our recent restoration, I welcome you to go to rothkochapel.org where you can learn more and schedule your visit. And as always, the entire program today will last one hour, and there will be an opportunity at the end for you to ask questions. So we are so very pleased to have with us today our friends from the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Houston, and they have designed for us all a family-friendly offering that is being presented in conjunction with LGBTQ Pride Month and has been organized by the Reverend Colin Bossom and music director Mark Vogel. I'd like to take a moment just to lift up a little bit about each of them and note that there's, their full bios are available on our website. The Reverend Dr. Colin Bossom is a senior minister of First Unitarian Universalist Church of Houston. He is a scholar and organizer, as well as a religious leader. He's been active in the labor movement and human rights work for many years. He has led worship, workshops, and given lectures for congregations, community centers, unions, and academic institutions throughout North America and Europe. He keeps a blog where you can learn more about him and his work at colinbossom.com. Mark Vogel serves as music director at both First Un First Unitarian Universalist Church of Houston and Congregation Beth Israel, and is the Artistic Director for International Voices Houston, a multicultural community choir of singers from over 35 different countries. His work also includes regular performance lectures at the Texas Medical Center, exploring how music relates to science and health. They are joined here today by Reverend D. Scott Cooper, Tawana Grice, Alma Viscara, Karen Carlson, and Carol Burris. A warm welcome to each of you all, and I hope you enjoy the program. See you soon. We are a gentle, angry justice-seeking people. For Unitarian Universalists, democracy is a religious practice. 
We know that injustice is a threat to justice everywhere, for we are bound up together. What affects you affects me. And so we are also a gentle, angry people, angry at all of the hurt, the exclusion, the racism, the transphobia, the homophobia, the sexism, the pain and suffering that we humans inflict upon each other. When we gather, we promise each other to do our human best, to love each other, and to be not just a justice-seeking, but a justice-making people who sings together. Somos de todos los colores, tanto jóvenes como ancianos, nos unimos en nuestra comunidad con la esperanza de poder ayudar a edificar una comunidad de amor y al cantar juntos ser un ejemplo de toda una familia reconciliada. We are a land of many colors. We are young and old together. We are a community that comes together in the hope that we can help build the beloved community and embody the human family whole and reconciled while we sing together. affirm the inherent worth and dignity of every person. We're all children of the same long-dead star, breathing, living stardust. Queer, straight, transgender, gender-fluid, male, female. Whoever you are, whoever you love, we welcome you into this time of meditation 
with word and song, syllable and note, and say to you, we are all bound up together, and together we can aspire to love beyond belief. Join with us for this celebration of human dignity and LGBTQ pride as we sing for our lives. May the sound of this bell call us deeper into a time of reflection and meditation. Unitarians started using the chalice as a symbol in the late 1930s when it served as a cipher for the Unitarian Service Committee in its work to aid refugees fleeing fascism and Nazism in Europe. Today, our congregations throughout the world begin services by kindling a chalice flame. The fire represents the light of truth and the warmth of love that resides within each of us, while the chalice itself signifies the way in which we hold each other in community. At the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Houston, we ignite our chalice with word and song. Celebremos compartiendo nuestras vidas, encendiendo esta luz. We kindle this light in celebration of the life that we share. are singing for our lives. What a joy it is to be with you today in this beautiful chapel where behind me, in front of me, to both sides of me, the ever-changing light touches upon the subtle textures and differing shades of Mark Rothko's contemplative cancivuses. Each can fill visions field and invite us into a deeply meditative experience. And what a joy it is to hear voices join together in song. For many of us in the privileged country of the United States, life is starting to return to something that it resembled in the before times.
before the pandemic, before COVID, before the horrors of the last 15 months, the vaccinated among us. And here I must pause and say that if you have not yet been vaccinated, please go do so. The vaccinated amongst us can gather. We can assemble without masks. We can join our voices in song. And so it is good to sing together. Music has the power to bring people together, making notes in unison, blending harmonies, or in my case, stumbling through hymns and protest songs with others, has the transformative wonder of knitting disparate individuals into a community. When we sing, we often breathe in chorus, synchronize ourselves and share the same words and rhythms. You and I become a little more of we than we were before. We are pleased to bring to you this service, singing for our lives. In it, we offer you words of, and hymns of hope and resistance, celebrating pride, the LGBTQ community, and the work we can do together to build the beloved community. We began with Holly Near's classic song. It was written in response to the assassination of San Francisco Mayor George Moscone and Supervisor Harvey Milk, the first openly gay elected official in California. Our other music celebrates Pride Month and the power of song to build communities of love and resistance during these difficult times. When we face the combined threats of a resurgent white supremacy, pandemic, a global and nationwide assault on democracy, the climate crisis, enduring transphobia, homophobia, gender discrimination, and growing economic inequality. In the face of such time, we are singing for our lives.
how could anyone ever tell you you were anything less than beautiful? How could anyone ever tell you that you were less than whole? In this month of pride, we celebrate the beauty that resides within each of us and the beauty that is all around us. Such celebrations are not always, have not always been easy or welcome. This year, throughout the country, anti-trans legislation has been put forth in numerous state legislatures. In response to such hate, we offer you these words from transgender Unitarian Universalist minister, Teresa Soto, the Reverend Teresa Soto. You are not hard to love and respect. Your existence is a blessing. Your pronouns are not a burden or a trial. They are part of your name, just shorter. Some of our kin use only their names where pronouns should be. The names they are called. Remember that someone getting them wrong is not a poor reflection on you. It is not your fault. Your body really and truly belongs to you, no one else. Soto and their words are part of a Unitarian Universalist tradition of celebrating and welcoming that stretches back to the 1950s when some Unitarian Universalist ministers began blessing same-sex unions. It is a tradition that is not without its own struggles and moments of contention. It was not until the 1970s that the first out gay men were called to serve our congregations. It was only in the early 1980s when the first out lesbians began to be ordained. In 2002, the Reverend Sean Dennison became the first transgender person to call to serve a congregation. And in 2004, the first same gender couple in the country was a Unitarian Universalist couple. The results of years of advocacy on the part of so many from beyond our tradition and within it. Here in Houston, the first Unitarian Universalist Church is proud to have been served by the openly gay senior minister, the Reverend Bob Shibley, from 1982 to 2002. He taught that despite the muck and mire of the world, we should always remember that the world is worth saving, that life has loveliness, that joy and beauty are also realities of the world, every bit as much as its problems are. During his tenure at First Houston, the congregation started the Houston Area Teen Coalition for Homosexuals, or HATCH, the state of Texas's first program for LGBTQ youth, and it advocated for civil rights and equality for all. In honor of Bob's teaching that beauty is ever-present, and in celebration of all the beauty that each of us has been gifted with, no matter what others might tell us. I now invite you to share something beautiful with this virtual gathered community. In a moment, Mark is going to offer us a musical meditation. While he does, if you are comfortable, please type your answers to, into the, to the question into the chat box. 
What is something beautiful that you bring into the world? Once you have shared with us your words, we will share, with, we will share each other's words with the entire community. The question again, what is something beautiful that you bring into the world? Our beauty shines more brightly when we share it with each other. What is something beautiful that you bring into the world? I am proud to bring my welcoming, non-judgmental, bubbly personality to this world. I see culture, not color. I love everyone alike. My sense of humor, willingness to use my talents and time to create needed change, caregiving, listening, support, kindness and understanding, singing, my fully compassionate presence, music, and its connecting, loving power and embracing wonder. I like to think that we can all see something beautiful 
in the people we meet, strangers with whom we cross paths, even if we never see them again, people we have helped or those who have helped us without a second thought, interactions where thank yous and smiles of gratitude are abundant, a reflection of how the world should be. Wonder and excitement for things that are out of the ordinary, songwriting to share ideas, bringing people together for a purpose, loving medical care to cancer patients, a passion for facilitating discussion in a liberal religious community. Thoughtful attention and reflection to the choices that come before me, sharing music for inspiration, contemplation, or joy, curiosity and color through art, warm smiles, warmth and fire, joy and understanding, and my unique view of the world being a transgender person. We pause in awe and wonder of the beauty, diversity, and mystery that is life. In the spirit of love, in the spirit of hope, and in the spirit of compassion, I invite each of you to enter into a time of silent prayer, meditation, or reflection. Amen. Sing in my heart 
Spirit of life, come to me, come to me. Carolyn McDade's hymn is an anthem and centering song for numerous Unitarian Universalist congregations. McDade is a lifelong activist and culture worker whose music has inspired many in the struggle for justice. Her own biography includes leadership in the movement to center women's voices in religious communities, opposition to the United States' genocidal policies in Central America during the 1980s, and participation in um, the struggle against South African apartheid and civil rights movement and the LGBTQ movements in the United States. Spirit of life, comes from a moment of despair. Worn out by her unceasing activism, McDade composed it when she felt as if she was a piece of dried cardboard that has lain in the attic for years. In response, she did not give up. Instead, she went to her piano and started playing music and offered up her music as a prayer. The hymn came to her as she sat there singing for her life. Spirit of life is dear to many Unitarian Universalists. It helps us to find the grounding, the roots that we need in times of conflict and difficulty when hope is hard to find. For many of us, the phrase spirit of life is suggestive of how we approach the divine 
It is a sense, a feeling, an experience that is beyond language and can be encapsulated or expressed in many ways. As God, as a sensation of connection to something greater than ourselves, as the beautiful humanist truth, we are all part and parcel of the universe, all members of the great family of all souls, made from once the once shimmering stuff of stars, as something that you can describe in whatever words best fit your own experience. That spirit of life connects us each to each. The Unitarian Universalist minister, the Reverend Adam Lawrence Dyer, reflects on the spirit of life in his collection of poetry on black identity, Unitarian Universalism, and queer joy. He writes of this love that reaches beyond, that holds one to another, and everyone to one, no matter the color for where or where we're from. This is now, this is we, this is love, this is God, and this is love beyond God. Love beyond God, now, we. Words that are needed in this time to invoke what we as a human community so desperately need, a sense of global solidarity with each other. If these last months have taught us anything, if we are to learn something from this time of plague and pestilence, it is that we as a human species are all bound up together. What affects you affects me. Our fates are woven together in a single garment, like it or pretend it not. Our closing song comes from the San Francisco Bay Area. It was popularized by the Thrive Choir, a group that sings music for the revolution and celebrates the confluence of its members' many cultures and identities, African-American, Latinx, Asian-American, Native American, Middle Eastern, immigrant, Jew, and queer. The joy, the hope, the love, the possibility captured in the song contains many truths. I choose two to lift up. First, we are at a great turning. Now is the time when we, as a human species, will choose to address or choose not to address the climate crisis, the ongoing horrors of white supremacy, the enduring brutality of homophobia, transphobia, and gender discrimination, confront the global assault on democracy, and deal with all of the other pain we inflict upon each other. It is upon us now, too, to paraphrase James Baldwin, be like lovers and insist on or create the consciousness of each other. If we fail in this task, to, if we do not now, to again invoke Baldwin, dare everything, the fulfillment of that prophecy, recreated from the Bible in a song by a slave, is upon us. God gave Noah the rainbow sign. No more water, the fire next time. The fire next time. Finally, in this month of pride, in this time of LGBTQ celebration, 
as the United States emerges from the pandemic, as we must confront all that is before us, we are called to remember another truth. Each of us shall be known, shall be remembered by the choices we make, whether we dare everything, whether we live by love and bring more beauty into the world, or we choose not to. And we will be remembered by those we choose to sing our songs with. We shall be known by the company we keep. to circle round to tend these fires. We shall be known by the ones who sow and reap the seeds of change alive from deep within the earth. It is time now, it is time now that we thrive. It is time we lead ourselves into the We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, 
the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we are together again. Thank you for joining us for this service of contemplation and music. I invite you to stay logged in afterwards for the time of question and answer. It will follow shortly. But for now, we conclude with these words of blessing. Song, silence, word, music, beauty inside, beauty surrounding. We end this time with a blessing for each other. May all of us, no matter what the world tells us, no matter the troubles, no matter the hate, always remember that we are blessed with beauty, for we have the power to bring more beauty into the world, and we are all beautiful in our own way. Have a wonderful Pride Month. Amen and blessed be. So welcome back everyone. I am now joined by Dr. Colin Bosson, Alma Viscara, and Mark Vogel. We have about 15 minutes for Q&A and we invite you to type in your questions uh, to the box that should be on your screen. And while we're waiting for those, I have a couple just to get us started. So to begin, I'm really curious to hear from you, Mark, a little bit more about how you selected the songs that we experienced today and a little bit about what your process is for the type of music that you select for your services. Thank you, Ashley. Uh, in Unitarian Universalism, music is a very important part of delivering the message. And uh, our, our preparations today and always for all of our services are very collaborative. I work with the ministers to get a sense of the, the message, the tone, uh, what, what the ministers are trying to convey with each service. Uh, each reading, each music element is carefully chosen to support a cohesive message. And today we're, we're so thrilled to be here and thank you for, for inviting us to um, celebrate Pride Month. That's a, it's very important to us as Unitarian Universalists. So we were thrilled to take on this assignment um, and to select the music that would be most powerful. Uh, we, have, we have so much music to choose from within the Unitarian Universalist movement. There are lots of songs of social justice uh, and also we have a lot of music that represents different cultures and we try to, uh, to select music intentionally and also give a sort of context to how a song came into being. In our service today, uh, you heard Reverend Colin uh, discussing the music a lot and this is something that we do collaboratively because the music and the spoken word just, just really go hand in hand. Thank you. Um, I've received a comment from Pam and I just want to echo alongside of her. She says, um, she just wants to say how deeply moved she's been by this service. 
and to thanks to all of you all. And I want to echo that and say this is really, I forgot to start with that. This was really um, a beautiful service that you all curated for us today. I know there was a little bit that you all shared. Um, I think you shared a number of songs and a little bit about the background. But I'm curious, all of the music that you all pull from, is it all rooted in the Unitarian Universalist tradition, or is it pulled from other communities and cultures? It's a combination of both, Ashley. Uh, we have several, uh, we have hymnals within our, our, our denomination, of, within Unitarian Universalism. Uh, we have a, a, a large hymnal that dates back a couple of decades and some more supplemental uh, smaller hymnals that, that tap into uh, the, the gender inclusive language and other things that we're trying to uh, promote as Unitarian Universalism has, has evolved over time. So a lot of the music that you heard today uh, comes from our, our uh, uh, official published resources in Unitarian Universalism. But uh, the closing song, for example, is, uh, it, I think it soon will be in the next hymnal because it's become very popular within our movement. Uh, but that comes from uh, an outside source, uh, a more contemporary folk writer, singer-songwriter who created that, that composition. So we draw on a lot of, of different resources. That's really helpful, thank you. And I noticed too, and some of you all listening, I'm sure um, observed as well, we weren't just hearing English, but also Spanish within um, many of the reflections today. Alma, can you talk a little bit about that? Is that something that's um, often included in your services? Yes, uh, it, it is now included as part of our worship services. We have Spanish represented because we want to be inclusive of all the communities as much as we can. And uh, we try to remember that we're all together in this world and regardless of where we come from. And so we try to have a little bit of Spanish in the service, whether it's a hymn or whether it's a, lec a reading. You know, we try to have that available in both our communities, if we call them in separate, um, both of them are learning from one another. Thanks. Did you want to say anything more about well, that? Just that we, we also do have a few services uh, that are exclusively Spanish language. And so um, we've been doing those online and we'll have our first one, I think it's October 3rd, um, in person that will be a, a all Spanish service. And are often the, the songs as well? Uh, yeah, every, every spoken element is completely in Spanish, including mm -hmm. the, uh, the songs. So um, I've been relying on my, my five years of Spanish study <laughs> back in high school and college uh, and learning as well from Alma. Alma helps translate some of our hymns. But we also have an officially published Spanish language hymnal within Unitarian Universalism. So we draw on that quite a bit. I noticed in um, a lot of the songs that you presented today, the words that were shared, um, topics of human rights, of social justice, of inclusivity, and I assume these are very much rooted in your values as Unitarian Universalists. Um, Pam asked the question about what your shared values are, and I wonder for those who are tuning in and aren't as familiar with your tradition, this is a very long question um, <laughs> with different parts, but I'm just curious if you could share a little bit about the background in history and, uh, and the values and how you live those out. 
That is a really dangerous question, Ashley, <laughs> to ask a minister because you might I get know. me to give like four more sermons about. I was, well, I was just thinking like we could have spent this entire session on that question right. or a whole semester. Right. So, um, uh, so elevator speech. Right, elevator speech. <laughs> no. um, I mean, I, I think that uh, we lifted up in this service really the inherent worth and dignity of every human being, which is the first principle of the Unitarian Universal Association, and is really kind of the bedrock of our uh, religious tradition. And the principles and purposes, or principles and sources of the Unitarian Universal Association are relatively new, dating only depending on the iteration we look at from the 1960s to the 1990s. But our tradition is much older than that. Um, and it's Unitarian Universalism because it's a merger of two historic uh, traditions, the Unitarians and the Universalists. The Unitarians believed that every human being had the possibility of goodness within each of them. So contrary to many historic Christian traditions that sort of celebrated, well not celebrated, but claimed that humans were born with original sin, our religious ancestors argued that humans were born with an original blessing. We have the possibility of becoming more beautiful people, becoming um, in more into the character of, of God, right? Um, that we have the likeness of God within each of us. And the Universalists believed that a loving God doesn't punish anyone. So contrary to sort of many of the religious traditions that taught that there was sin and that uh, when people died, they were going to all, or those who had sinned were going to go suffer eternal torment, the Universalists taught that God loves everyone and that everyone will be united with the divine. Um, I mean, there's obviously a great deal more to it than that. I think that one thing that I would lift up sort of in this Rothko service and in reference to kind of Mark, what Mark said earlier about our relationship to um, other traditions is that Unitarian Universalism is very much a pluralistic tradition. So many other traditions sort of teach that like they have kind of the one way to truth right, that they have the one religious truth. Whereas we recognize, it's sort of a found, foundational idea of ours, that there is um, many paths to God. There's a line in the Bhagavad, or not, in the Mahabharata that said it is the God, God is one, the wise call him by many names. And that's really foundational for our tradition. We think that there are many ways to understand the divine, to understand humanity's relationship with each other and that rather than arguing about which way of those is necessarily the best, it's better to come together and celebrate the things we can agree upon, such as the inherent worth and dignity of all peoples. Thank you. So we have a, com a couple comments here from Dan and Mary. Thanks for this important outreach effort for Pride Month. Best wishes always. And thanks, Rothko, for celebrating peace and love here. Thanks to both of you for your comments. And a question. Um, can you speak more about democracy being a religious practice for Unitarian Universalists, as was mentioned earlier? Yes, this is a question for me. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I mean, again, that is a reference to the seven principles of the Unitarian Universalist Association. But for us, in our congregations, we've long been self-governed congregations that use something called congregational polity which means where every member has a right and a voice and a vote in congregational life. And so one thing about that is I'm a minister, not a priest. I, have a, I don't have a particular relationship with God that anybody else 
somebody else doesn't have. Rather, I'm, uh, ministers are sort of appointed or elected by the congregation to, to serve them as other human beings who have specialized training and specialized knowledge to learn, lead the congregation. But beyond that, sort of the practice of democracy is, is really deeply embedded in who we are and how we um, have functioned over the years. And so we've taken this practice of congregational, democ uh, congregational polity and democratic practice within our congregations and sought to live it out within the public sphere as an expression of how we think the world should be organized. And I'm curious if you all could talk a little bit more about specifically the actions you all take to live out some of those values. And I, I know that you all, um, you referenced, I think it was Hatch earlier. So that was one example that I heard, but I'm curious, maybe here locally in Houston, that the types of um, projects that you're working on. Alma, do you want me to take that or do you want to take that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think that just this last year during the pandemic, there's a number of things that we've done that I would lift up. One is because democracy is such a central practice for us, we really made a great deal of investment of time um, and effort as a congregation to organize a network of other congregations to um, help with voter registration, turnout um, prior to the presidential election and organized about 290, and Alma will probably have the right numbers for me, but 290 volunteers from seven different congregations to um, contact over 42,000 voters in the lead up to the presidential election. Uh, we also brought water to Houston right after the Arctic storm with assistance from the Unitarian Universalist Association. So we brought a tanker of, I think it was 14,000 liters of water uh, before many of like the state and city officials were able to get it together and distribute it to Cooney Homes and the Freedman Towns Association, our members, a number of other folks. Um, I mean, there's lots of other things, but uh, I think those are some you know, significant examples. And what, one thing I'd say is that if you'd want to get involved with all the things that we do, we have um, different groups in the congregation that are really great to get involved with. So we have a community projects team that pretty much every weekend is organizing some kind of building project, social service project, blood drive for people to get involved with in the city um, and in the region. And uh, another is uh, what we call the Justice Coordinating Council, which really focuses on more sort of social justice, specifically social justice and advocacy efforts. And was the one that organized the voter turnout and also has an immigration ministry that uh, accompanies refugees and migrants and works very much on anti-racism and uh, black in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. And I'm sure I'm forgetting many, many things, Alma, and you can. <laughs> well, well, on that note, I wonder if you can share, one of the questions that was asked was, how do I become a member of UU? And so I am curious to hear if you could hit on that question, as well as just share a little bit about if people want to learn more, where do they go? Sure. What are some of the ways that, that, even if people don't want to become a member, but they just yeah, want sure. to participate? Uh, everybody's welcome to visit our church and we will start having in-person services on July the 11th. We will have two services available at 9.30 a.m. and at 11.30 a.m. And in the meantime, while we are not meeting in person, people are able to join us online 
And if someone would like to become a member, we also have a process for uh, becoming a, a member online. So, you know, if they want to do that, they're welcome also to reach us to, uh, by sending an email to membership at firsteu.org. Fantastic. Thank mm -hmm. you. And we'll be sure for all of those of you who are tuning in, we'll send a follow-up email out to everyone and we can include some of these, the address and website and other information so that you can join. Is there anything else that you all want to share before we close today? Well, I think on behalf of myself, the congregation and our wonderful staff, I'd just mm -hmm. like to say thank you so much for the invitation. I think we had a wonderful time and a wonderful experience collaborating with each other and with you and uh, really appreciate the opportunity to do this. Great, thanks. Well, on behalf of the chapel, thank you all for being here today. It's, it's been wonderful. So everyone, I do hope that you will join us next month. This offering today, as well as our next two, which will conclude the series this summer, are all going to be focused on families. So they're available for all ages. And our next offering is going to be Wednesday, July 7th at 12 o'clock Central Time. Uh, via Zoom this time because it's going to be an interactive experience. And this is going to be a laughter meditation with Stephen Finley from MD Anderson Cancer Center. So if you've never experienced laughter meditation before, this is a whole new way um, to meditate through laughter and sound. So we do hope you'll join us. And thank you all again for being here today. And thank you all for joining us. Be well. <laughs>